It's good to be with you on this Friday. I love Fridays. I love Fridays so much. And part of what I love about Fridays is the weekend is coming. <laughs> and another part of that I love about Fridays is Table Talk with Mark and Peter and this morning with Brendan. It is good to be with you, friends, as we engage around God's Word. You are listening to Radio Pulpit 657 AM and Radio Cape Pulpit 729 AM. With me, Mark Penrith, as well as Peter Smith, as well this morning with Brendan Jacobs, your host. Who am I? You might ask. I am a husband of Liesl. I am father of Caitlin, Catherine, and Thomas, and I am a pastor at Central Baptist Church Pretoria. Do you realize I actually write that down so that I don't forget to say it each week? <laughs> and I say it in the exact same way. One would think I'd know who I was married to by now. Liesl, if you are listening in, I love you very much, babes. <laughs> Peter, introduce yourself. Yes, I'm Peter. I'm the husband of Bridget and the father of Emma and the very soon-to-be father of a newborn baby boy. Amen. So. This is like very, very soon. Soon now. I it's mean, we're soon. talking like what? Uh, well, weeks. anytime within the next two weeks. Ooh, that's yeah. like so exciting. My, my wife said <laughs> if, yeah. if it comes and she's going to send a message on Facebook on Radio Pulpit live streams. <laughs> so, <laughs> that, that's so, crazy. So if, if you see me reading something and run. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If you just like, like run out the building, you are free to go. Okay, no one's holding you back. Like, uh, what a joy. Coolest name in the world. Baby Shepherd. Baby Shepherd. Shepherd. Man, I just want to have another kid just so that I can name the child <laughs> Shepherd Calvin or Spurgeon. <laughs> I think those names are so awesome. Oh, that's good. Uh, and uh, you assist Pastor Jacques Lowe uh, with his ministry at Pretoria North that's Baptist correct. Church. That's Man, correct. Pretoria North Baptist Church this morning are colonizing us by numbers because, Brennan, I'd love you to introduce yourself so the listeners know who we are speaking to, but you're mm. also from Pretoria North Baptist Church. Yes, I am. Great yes. stuff. And so, yeah, my name is, is Brendan. I'm also a member of Pretoria North Baptist Church, and I serve along alongside with Peter and, and Jock as well. And I'm currently studying at Christ Baptist Seminary. Praise the Lord. And, uh, yeah, I'm very excited about that. Some of my best people in the world went to Christ Baptist Seminary. I'm thinking right now of <laughs> Gideon and Penny. I uh, love that man. He's currently up in Zambia um, working with the university in Zambia. And, uh, of course, Menzi Mohale, who is down at um, Molitsane Baptist Church together with Sammy. And, uh, hey, are you married, unmarried? Yeah, unmarried. Okay, because I because we already got questions coming in. <laughs> okay. Oh wow! I, unmarried, no kids. Okay, great stuff. Praise we, the Lord. Did we just turn the show into like a bachelor? Like, <laughs> yeah, the, <laughs> this is dating with Mark and Peter. This morning, bachelor is. <laughs> oh, um, look, guys, table talk with Mark is podcast. Um, well, Table Talk with Mark and Peter, have we fixed that on the podcast yet? I, I don't know. I don't think so, no. Uh, we've got to sort that out as soon as possible. But it's podcast. Uh, do check out FM or Apple Podcasts or Google Podcasts or wherever you pick up your good podcast to subscribe, rate, and review. It actually makes a huge difference. Um, uh, I, I love podcasting. And I realize that it is just the simplest way to access good content. We've been putting in a lot of effort into the podcast, folks. So uh, each time you ask a Bible Q&A, Peter goes and cuts and slices and dices just that question so that it goes up online. The advantage of that is that you don't have to listen to everything. You can listen to the various different topics that you are interested to during the week. We are a live 
listener engaged show which means we actually need you to join the conversation so that we can have a conversation this morning how can you do that you rightly ask or is your pen and paper ready the studio line is 012-334-1322 i love to listen to uh, listeners live uh, on air that we can engage that we can ask follow up or clarifications Uh, love it when you phone in you can drop a comment on Facebook that is on Radio Pulpit Radio Console and now is a great time to like and share our Facebook feed Uh, we will bring in your greetings shortly Um, also you can send a voice note in via WhatsApp and the WhatsApp and Telegram line is 0826572729. If you're a twit, you can tweet on at 657am. On the controls this morning, pressing all the buttons, answering all the calls, is our co labor in this ministry, Vissi. It's great to be with you, morning brother. He is standing by to take your calls even now. This morning we are live on 657 AM Radio Pulpit, 729 AM Radio Cape Pulpit, Facebook, Radio Pulpit, Radio Console. I said Radio <laughs> Pulpit with an Obricot accent. <laughs> that, that doesn't work out well. You can see I'm reading from the script. I actually need to put in brackets there, English and Afrikaans. Radio Pulpit and Radio Console. Uh, and uh, DSTV Channel 882, Open View Channel 607. And we are streaming from our website, www.radiopulpit.co.za. Wherever you are tuning in, welcome. It's good to be spending Friday morning together with you. Um, This morning we are going to be joined by Zoom callers, uh, our friends from 4SA uh, who are presently standing by. And so let me take the opportunity to introduce Michael Swain who is the Executive Director of 4SA. Uh, Michael studied law abroad. He's been successful in business. He is a co-founder of the His People Every Nation Church Movement in South Africa. And 4SA is the Freedom of Religion to South Africa, which advocates your legal um, and protected uh, constitutional rights to religious freedom in South Africa. Michael, as always, it's very good to be joined by you, brother. Good morning, Mark. Always very, very good to be on your show. And I, I take it that you're doing well. I take it that the weather is wonderful in Cape Town and your view of the mountain is unhindered and you are enjoying paradise. <laughs> cloudy, cloudy, but no rain today. Cloudy, but no rain today. Okay. <laughs> well, I, I know that you've just had a successful conference on the topic of religious freedom and the rule of law in Stellenbosch. And you've been monitoring the final passage of the hate speech bill through the House of Assembly. And you've been meeting with the Deputy Minister of Justice, John Jeffrey, to discuss various matters. And so I imagine this has been a very busy time for you guys at 4SA. Um, I do appreciate you making time to speak to us. But maybe, you know, the last time that we spoke, we discussed the conference uh, that was up and coming. Can you tell us what happened and what were the main outputs of this event? Yeah, thank you, Mark. It has indeed been a very busy time. Uh, Well, let's just start with the conference. So this uh, Religious Freedom and the Rule of Law conference was organized uh, by 4SA in conjunction with a Washington, D.C.-based organization called the Institute for Global Engagement. And they were the ones who... Uh, thankfully fully sponsored this event 
And they've also done this on 12 previous occasions in nations around the world. The, the main objective of, of the conference, and indeed when they run these initiatives, is to demonstrate and also catalyze the benefits that nations experience when they understand and integrate religious freedom into their legal systems. That, that it, it literally is measurable. You can see how the whole of society, from the economy to uh, the just social interactions, uh, everything lifts when this is done effectively and successfully. And we had uh, presentations from other nations, international speakers, Singapore, Taiwan, China. There, there was a contrast, um, you know, where you see religious freedom is not at all integrated. Uh. In fact, if anything, it is actively suppressed. Then you can actually see how the whole spirit of the nation effectively uh, changes. But it, it gave great insights into how religious freedom is upheld, and obviously not only in China, but in these other nations. So that that that, that was really good. Mm. Um, and and the outcomes of the of the event, Michael. Well, the, one of the big benefits was that it was attended by very high level delegates, uh, political parties, senior academics, legal experts, uh, civil society unions, uh, uh, religious leaders from a wide cross spectrum of the faith. And it was a great relationship and networking building opportunity. And it really is incredible. You know, the conferences, you obviously get great content, but a lot of the benefit of a conference is that you actually get to sit down with sometimes the other, you know, the, the, yes. somebody who you might have formerly seen in an adversarial context, but it's very hard to stay that way when you sit down and have a few meals together. And it just builds understanding, which was great. And, and the other big plus was that a number of international delegates from Uganda, Zimbabwe, Zambia, Namibia, Kenya um, attended and were obviously pretty inspired, I think, by what 4SA is doing. And we've had a long held ambition to not just be 4SA, but 4A, that was Freedom of Religion Africa, yes. and to expand the protection of religious rights to other, particularly sub-Saharan African nations. And there's a lot of openness towards that. So actually today I'm going to be writing follow-up letters to those people to look to see how we can kickstart something like 4SA in these other nations so that we can really broaden the protection in Southern Africa, particularly of religious freedom rights. Michael, uh, super excited to hear that. Uh, you've done such a fantastic job on the South African scene. Uh, it'll be wonderful to hear how that progresses and, and scales out possibly and, and how that will happen. Um, I do know that during the conference you also took time out to meet with the Deputy Minister of Justice, that's John Jeffrey. Um, can you maybe just elaborate a little on the topics that were covered during that engagement? Yeah, that was a very significant meeting. We've been trying to see uh, Deputy Minister John Jeffrey for a while. And as you may know, the Department of Justice has been the originator of quite a number of controversial bills mm. uh, which have the potential to directly impact the right to religious freedom, and also that are of concern to the religious community in general. For example, the latest one was the so-called prostitution bill. Yes. But at the top of our list, because we're Papuda. focused obviously on religious <laughs> freedom rights, yeah. uh, is the Papuda Amendment Bill, yeah. which you know at the time we called the death knell of religious freedom. And the problem with that bill is that apart from the fact that Papuda, which is the promotion of equality and prevention of unfair discrimination act, otherwise known as the Equality Act, the problem with that is that it is literally the second most important uh, piece of legislation after the Constitution, and it impacts everything that happens uh, within the legal system of South Africa. So the way that things like, for example, equality and discrimination uh, were defined was so broad 
mm. and so expansive, as well as the interference of religious autonomy, you know, the, your right to basically believe what you want to believe in your own church, for example. Yes. And we had, as you remember, mounted a big campaign uh, to encourage individual submissions to oppose it. We had over 100,000 submissions. And give, give us, give us some good news, <laughs> please. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> the good news, well, the, the, the good news is that, as we often say, it's a numbers game. And the more voices that are raised in opposition, the more government has to listen. And one of the confirmations that the Deputy Minister gave us uh, was that they will not be reintroducing this bill until after the 2024 elections have taken place next year. So we don't know what amendments they will make. We suspect and hope uh, and trust that they will be some really key ones. But we do have now time uh, on our hands with that one. Mm. Uh, so, so that, that, was, that, that was the one bit of good news. <laughs> yeah. Um, um, but perhaps, perhaps the not such good news is that the hate speech bill has actually now passed uh, the first, um, basically the, 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 the Justice Portfolio Committee will then go through the House of Assembly. Yes. And it's going on now to the uh, National Council of Provinces, which is the second House of Parliament. And, you know, we've been watching this carefully over the past five years because you can literally go to jail for up to eight years for something that you say. And it can be something as perhaps uh, innocuous as something which causes substantial emotional harm. That just means that that could mean somebody's just deeply offended yes. by something that you say. And yes. that's a very low bar to literally potentially put you in jail for up to eight years. So the government wants to pass this bill before the next elections, and we need to be ready to make submissions again, to push back against it again, really, really hard. Because, um, as I say, the more people that write in and make their submissions, the, the less likely it is that it will go through in its current form. And government just simply can't ignore the voice of the people. That's yes. the good news. So when the National Council of Provinces opens it, it's not open for comment yet, then that will be the opportunity. We'll certainly alert people at that point. Great. Well, I mean, right at this point, let me just say, listeners, uh, stay listening to Radio Pulpit. Stay listening on Fridays at 9 o'clock. We regularly engage with Michael as well as Daniela uh, from 4SA. And as soon as we know that you can comment on that, we certainly will be pointing you as to where you can make your voice heard. Just listening to what you're saying, uh, Michael, it's very clear that you guys have made friends uh, in government departments. I mean, you're talking to a deputy minister for justice. Uh, I know from the past that you've made uh, engagements and interactions with people at various different levels of state. How helpful is the work that you do on behalf of the faith communities in South Africa? I mean, uh, do, do you feel the traction? Look, I, I actually think it's crucial, and I think... Absolutely. We have made, I would say, a critical difference to upholding religious freedom in South Africa. Mm. You know, it's taken us now we're in our 10th year. Yes. And I think it's important to say that we never take the view that government is deliberately working to erode religious freedom rights. Mm. Um, in fact, they have a constitutional duty to uphold the right to religious freedom. But often what happens is that in de departments that we've worked with, you know, the Film and Publications Board, COGTA, the Home Affairs, the Marriage Member, Marriage Act, um, the Department of Basic Education, to name just a few, we find that we often get coming out of these departments badly drafted legislation or regulations or policies. And the problem with those is that, of course, you can always get the uh, unintended consequences 
which can be very detrimental. So that's what we do. We, we, we work within government departments as best we can. We built these relationships carefully over mm. the past 10 years. And of course, we also keep an eye on whatever's happening in the courts because uh, we, we sometimes need to intervene if we see a, a right to religious freedom potentially being eroded there. But having these relationships is very helpful. You know, we can identify problematic areas while there's still time to remedy them. And obviously our meeting uh, with Deputy Minister John Jeffrey was very helpful. And he's actually offered to send us a list of uh, bills that his department is working on so that we can evaluate them in advance to see if they have any potential rights to red, uh, possibility of eroding religious freedom. So, yeah, it, it, it's, it's good to kind of... Um, work for the relational side of things as well because that often is what gives you the credibility and of course we're a legal advocacy group so we're speaking law to them uh, and that's the language that they understand and we understand so uh, I believe it is very helpful because the downflow of course is to the benefit of keeping religious freedom free so that uh, among other things the gospel can be freely preached and proclaimed and that's uh, obviously something very close to my heart personally Michael uh, you know I gained great encouragement from speaking to you on Fridays um, and I have noted over the last year a number of real victories for the sake of the freedom of religion in South Africa uh, that have been won. Um, obviously there's still battles to be fought but I'm grateful for the partnership together with you that the church has with freedom of religion and uh, in reality I do pray all strength to your arm and that you continue to um, experience favor before man and maybe just to say to folk that are listening right now who want to keep up to date with the work that 4SA is doing uh, I would point you to their website that's 4SA F-O-R-S-A dot org dot Z-A I would also point them to your Facebook page, which is very active, and you can just, in Facebook, search for Freedom of Religion South Africa. And then I know uh, from time to time uh, you guys post even court cases that you're involved in um, as live streams uh, to your YouTube channel, and so there's that mechanism for engagement with you as well. Um, and on the web page, people can find ways of staying informed, like newsletters and such and such like. Michael, thank you so much for the engagement this morning. I, I really appreciate it. Thank you, Mark. Always great to be on the show. I look forward to chatting next week. Every blessing to you, brother. God bless. Bye. Well, listeners, you are joining us on Table Talk with Mark and in brackets until it's there. Uh, <laughs> and Peter, it's good to be with you guys this morning. This is an opportunity for Bible Q&A. We need your Bible questions and answers in order to engage. So let me remind you that the phone lines are open. Vusi is standing by to take your call. The number is 012-334-1322. And you can also engage with us with WhatsApp via voice notes. The telephone number there is 0826572729. Whether you are listening in in Boxburg, Benoni, Bronkelspreit or Bapsfontein. Um, it is good to have you with us this morning. Hope that you enjoy the show. Enjoy engaging and interacting with God's Word. A shout out to Mita who engaged with us on WhatsApp and to Glenn who engaged with us on Facebook. And Jack, we see your comment on Facebook as well. Uh, great to have all you guys with us. I am presently... Um, uh, sharing the Facebook stream I forgot to do that uh, when I logged on this morning sharing the Facebook stream this morning uh, if you are listening on Facebook now would be a great time to like and share the stream 
and pop into the comments your name so that we know who you are and uh, possibly uh, which church uh, you come uh, to us from. Peter, I was wondering, mm. maybe we can sh- start the show by just uh, engaging with the audience, giving them a couple of questions that they might be interested in so that we can tantalize them um, and uh, and start get the conversation rolling. So I've been thinking this last two weeks since I was in Polokwane, I had the opportunity to to speak with some some people in Polokwane, share the gospel with them. During my time there, I had a lot of conversations with uh, with pastors and missionaries and, and academic theologians about the concept or the topic of evangelism. Yes. And I've just noticed, again, it's it's one of those topics that as Christians and maybe even as churches, we speak a lot about. Yes. But it's still one of those topics where people feel almost the most inadequate in. It's yes. one of those areas of the Christian life, those those Christian disciplines that many Christians are scared to engage with, scared to talk about. Scared of the pushback. Yes. Scared of the apologetics angle Correct. that they're not going to be able to answer. Correct. So I, w- I was thinking it would be a, a nice thing to maybe just as a primer to start our conversation by maybe asking our audience what has been some of their recent evangelistic experience experiences and <clears throat> what are some of the, the, the questions or the, the struggles that they experience when they try to reach out to people, friends, family, doesn't have to be, I'm not talking about standing on a box in the street and preaching, you know, to, to, to the people who walk by, just your, just your evangelistic encounters that you experience. Uh, as you your evangelistic encounters that you that you have when you with, with a coworker at work mm, or maybe mm. your friend or your family, um, I, I would just love to to maybe hear some interactions, get some some feedback from people who are not in full time ministry. How 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 have, how has their experiences been? Brennan, mm. you're not in full time ministry, although you are studying. Are mm. you studying full time? Uh, yeah, Christ Seminary. Yes. It's ten days on, twenty yes. days off. Yes. Uh, working at the same time. Uh, yeah, I have my own own business. Yes. Okay, mm. a great way to get through seminary. Um, <laughs> you're not the only person that I know that went to Christ Seminary with their own business. Okay. Peter, to the right of me, uh, same same engagement, same mechanism. So. Uh, Brendan, when it comes to sharing your faith, I, I'd be interested to hear how, how do you go about it. Um, so I think one of the one of the great uh, a good question to start a conversation of, or, or one one of the things that I noticed is not to get straight to asking them, um, what do you think happen happens after we die or, or or some sort. I think just just asking some questions, just getting to know the person before you start asking those questions, just to to get to know them, asking them, uh, what is your name. Uh, what are you doing? What job do you have? Um, just to to make them comfortable with with you before you start getting to to asking the the serious questions, if I can say it like that. And um, then some of the questions that I feel like ha- that that it helps a lot to get into into the the conversation is asking people, what do you think happens after we die? Yes. Um, because then you it you you put the ball in their hands and then it, it allows them to think about okay yeah I've never actually thought about this well, what what do I think happens after after we die yes um, and and maybe asking them um, do you do you believe you're a good person 
um, because many people have this. Uh, have you done way of the master? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, Ray videos have helped me a lot in the past. For sure. And, ma- and maybe just to say to listeners, he has a resource for you. Mm. If you type in way of the master, Ray Comfort, uh, living, living Waters. Living Waters. Yes. Um, uh, just a, one of the many mechanisms for opening that conversation. Absolutely. You know, do you think of yourself as a good person? Well, the truth is, the Bible reveals you're not. Mm, absolutely. <laughs> although, yeah. the, although the mechanisms for getting to people to see their own sinful state mm, mm. Um, would involve maybe exposure to the law. Exactly. Um, yeah. Um, okay. Uh, so, so basically, uh, you would advocate in terms of your own personal evangelism. Uh, a kind of a conversational approach and mm. getting to know a person. Absolutely. Why is it, Brendan, do you think that it is almost always harder to share your faith with family than with acquaintances at the office? Sure, that's a it's I think that's a a good question. It's I think it's because because you know the people in your own household, you you know your mom, you know your dad, you know your your sisters or and brothers. And they know you. Absolutely. All your sins, a- all absolutely. your failings. <laughs> yeah. And so so I think when you come to them with, with some of these questions and they would automatically maybe think, yeah, but you, you are not doing this. Yes. You remember that time when you lied to yes. me or, or something? Yes. So, so I think it makes, that's one of, the, one of the aspects that makes it hard to reach out to, to, to family and friends. And uh, I think a second part of that is you don't know what their reaction will be to to your uh, to your questions. Um, yes. There might be some hard pushback from from someone. Yes. And I think. And then there's like this relational absolutely, tension absolutely. because you brought up Jesus mm. and they don't love Jesus the way that absolutely. you love Jesus. And and then you still have to live with this person in your in the house. Yeah. Yeah. Because they so they will always be you know that that type of awkwardness afterwards. And I think that just that that just makes people, yeah, I'm not gonna, I'm not now, gonna do this. Now, now let me just say that acknowledges the difficulty, but it doesn't take away the obligation. Yeah, absolutely. Friends, we need to share our faith with family and friends. If we love people, surely we're gonna tell them about Jesus Christ because they need to hear about Jesus Christ so so desperately um, that they might live. Uh, abundantly in this world and mm. forever in the world to come and so just encourage listeners I get that it's difficult to share your faith in general but that doesn't mean that you ought not to mm. and I get that it's difficult to share your faith with family and friends but that doesn't mean that you have a get out of jail free card the reality is your mom your dad your wife your children your uncle your aunt they need Jesus the same way that you need Jesus and so um, best get to praying that God would overcome sometimes our dull hearts, mm. sometimes our lackadaisical hearts. I don't know. Is that a word? Well, it's a word now. <laughs> it's a word now. No, I think it's a word. Um, our lethargic hearts that God would God would stoke up fire within us mm. and then give us wisdom that we would know the right time and the right place to share our faith with clarity that people might believe. And 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 maybe just to encourage listeners. It's not your job to save people. Jesus Mm. did that, and the Holy Spirit does that. Mm. It's your job to faithfully proclaim the gospel, Mm. to present the gospel with clarity and faithfulness. Definitely, Mark. As as you've been talking, as Brendan's been been speaking and sharing a little bit, one of the things that come to my mind is the the term relationship. Yes. Mm. Evangelism and relationship are often inseparable. 
I, I always try and tell young, eager, zealous Christians they they've been saved for a few months now and they go, want to go back to school and they just want to evangelize everyone. You know, yeah, they're, yeah. they're very aggressive in that. And just trying to remind them that you cannot evangelize people who want nothing to do with you. Yes. <laughs> so yes. it's so That's crucial true. that mm. you build and maintain those relationships. A, a, a phrase that always comes to mind is that people are people, not projects. Yes. They're not projects. They're, uh, it's not a hit and run. Oh, I'm going to reach out to my neighbor. And the moment my neighbor reacts in a way that I wasn't hoping for, oh, well, that I, I tried, you know, so move on to the next neighbor. Like, mm. n- no. No, they're people. You, you might literally be the last uh, means of grace in that person's life as long as they live here on earth. Yeah. And so just to withdraw yourself because they didn't react in a way that you liked. It's not loving. It's not good. You need to maintain that relationship, cultivate that relationship. They need to see that you love them and you care for them, even if you, they didn't accept the Lord Jesus Christ as their Savior. Now, that's one way of sharing your faith, and that's relationally, right? Building up these, uh, building up these relationships, making sure that you're nurturing relationships, making sure that you understand where people are coming from, mm. and then presenting Jesus Christ. And mm. when people point at your faults, you explain that I'm faulty. That's exactly why I need Jesus Absolutely. Christ. But there's other ways. There's other mechanisms for evangelism. I, I mean, I think of the pulpit on a Sunday. Mm. I think of street evangelism, even Definitely. during the week, um, door-to-door district. Uh, distribution of tracks uh, any of those mechanisms that you've used yourself uh, Brendan in the past yeah so so last year uh, at the end of the year um, the the youth in our in our church we uh, went to um, we went to one of the the areas and we went with with street evangelism yes so anyone that's in the street we went to to them and we first of all introduced ourselves asking them what's their name you know just just so they are comfortable with you yeah and then sharing the sharing the gospel with them and afterwards also handing them a, a tract um mm. we th- there was this there's this nice tract that that, that peter gave me it's a 10 it's a, a 10,000 rand uh, bill uh, rand bill, ten thousand rand bill, and um, so on, on the back it says, uh, "This is the ten thousand rand question." Yes. Uh, if you die, will you go to heaven or hell? And then it sta- it shows the the ten commandments, and then asks you the questions: Are you good enough? And then it explains the gospel. Um, so just to to give the the track to them, and and if they go on their day through throughout the week when they see the the track, you know they can maybe read it again and just. Um, mm. Uh, what, what, what what's the word? Um, helps them to to think about it again. Yes. And obviously to pray for them. Continue to mm. to, to pray for them. Afterwards, we would gather around and then say, Lord, we we preach the gospel to them. Please work in their hearts. Now, now you mentioned the gospel. I want to make an explicit um, description of what the gospel mm, is because I, I was like mm, just thinking, how do you fit the gospel on mm. the back of a ten thousand dollar tract? And the answer <laughs> is, it's it's because the gospel is at once profound, but it's also very very simple. It's mm. a message, and at its essence, it's this: Christ died for sinners. Mm. Jesus Christ rose from the grave. 
all men everywhere in terms of response are to repent for the forgiveness of sins. It's that simple. I mean, we, we can present it in more words. We can talk about the holiness of God, the sinfulness of man, the perfection of Jesus Christ, and mm-hmm. the call on everyone to put their faith and trust in Jesus Christ. We can, we can say it in different words. We could use the Roman road that describes by verse each one of these elements. Mm-hmm. But ultimately, at its essence, it is so simple. Jesus died for sin. Sinners. sinners like me and sinners like you. Mm. Jesus rose from the grave to demonstrate that God accepted the payment which he had made in full. And friends, the call on you is even now, if you're listening to the gospel for the first time, to repent of your sins and cast yourself upon the person of Jesus Christ. Definitely. And, and I actually want to ask you guys a question. I want to ask your opinion on something. So, in my mind, I've always had this idea, like, if I if I have copies of the New Testament or copies of Bible, normally those paperback ESVs that you can yes. buy for 20 Rand a Bible. Yes. In, in my mind, when you evangelize, I've always felt like you distribute as much of the Bible as you can. But recently, I've had a good friend ask me, like, don't you think we should maybe keep those, <clears throat> keep those Bibles until someone asks for them or expresses faith or something like that because he's like isn't it a bit disrespectful aren't they going to throw them away what if they throw them in the trash or burn them for you know for heat or something like that Uh, what's your take on that I know it's a silly thing but I'm like no 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 I'm just laughing at at the idea of like the the gospel of John uh, printed on very thin paper and burning that for heat Uh, I mean if a guy's cold actually (laughs) Uh, I know a guy who did that yeah yeah, he he, he was was working through the Bible for heat or or, or, or literally out of disdain for what no, he had for received. Okay. He, 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 got a, he got a big copy of the Bible and he said, um, along with other like books like magazines, he would yeah. rip out pages and start and burn them. But then over time, he would eventually like be, read a page before he would burn them. Like even if it was like the Heisgenoot. Yeah. And so it, he started when it was his turn for the Bible, he would start reading it before he burns it. Yes. And he, he, he actually told me like, after after a few weeks, the Bible started to burn him. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love that! I just yeah. love that. And so, yeah. I mean, it's the difference oh, wow. between heat and light. The you know, the Bible <laughs> brings light. Yeah. Um, in its physical form, it has the potential to bring heat. No, definitely. So, yeah, so, I would love your opinion on that. What What do you think? Hey, I, I know how I'm going to answer this. Uh, I, I'm going to just point to a parable. You know, the parable of the sower. Um, and I, I, I'm fairly certain Jesus is talking of himself. The sower goes out and um, uh, he, he's, he's scattering the seed far and wide. Some of the seed lands on rocky ground on a, on a pathway and it's plucked up by the ravens. Other lands amongst the um, uh, rocky ground. Other lands amongst the thorns and the thistles. It's choked out. Uh, the rocky ground, it's scorched out. Um, but some of the seed lands on fertile soil and brings forth its um, its harvest 30, 60 and 100 fold mm, mm. and in my mind when it comes to evangelism that is our job we sow seed in much the same way that Jesus sowed seed uh, I was reading um, the book of Matthew last night at a Bible study Matthew chapter 4 verse 23 and uh, the main verb in verse 23 is that God, uh, that God that the Son of God Jesus was wenting he, he went and it's an imperfect tense verb so he was consistently mm. going out Mm-hmm. He was going out and then there are three participles that describe what Jesus went about doing. And he went about teaching.
preaching in their synagogues. He went about preaching the kingdom of God, and he went about healing of every affliction and disease. Mm. Uh, I mean, the reality is Jesus went preaching, proclaiming, teaching. Mm. So to us as evangelists, as we scatter those seeds, we scatter it far and wide. We scatter it as far as we possibly can, knowing that sometimes, just like the birds came down and devoured the seed on the pathway, so too Satan will just pluck out the word immediately. People, It mm. won't even register with people. Other times, it'll land on rocky ground and like the sun scorched the new little plants that didn't have deep roots, so too you know, persecution in this world will we'll squelch it out. Other times, amongst the thorns and the thistles, which are the cares of this world, people will love the world more than they love Jesus. Mm. But friends, the reason why we share our faith is because we know that the gospel is the power of God unto salvation. We know that the word of God will not return void, but it will achieve everything that the Father intends it to achieve. And so we know that sometimes the word will land on fertile soil and it will bring forth fruit. People's lives will explode in spiritual fruit. And so um, share tracks, share the Bible, share the gospel with whoever and whatever circumstances you come into contact with. Um, because this is the mechanism that God uses um, to reach out to the world. Maybe just to bring in a couple of user comments. Um, Barbara says, uh, Hive through WhatsApp. Glenn uh, says, Christian Family Church next to Oliver Tambo Airport in Atlas and Silverwings Boulevard in Kempton Park. That's the church that he attends. Anthony says, uh, uh, good morning and just asks for prayer. Uh, for his uh, son Antonio as well as Bridget please um, Glenn says thank you Mark and friends uh, Emmanuel gives a shout out Antoinette says uh, morning guys I came back from Ireland um, oh, uh, it's quite a long one I'll, I'll read through that shortly um, thanks for uh, writing in Antoinette um, Andre April says uh, morning table talk men I've encouraged so many people who become aggressive when you start to talk about Jesus many people seem that they don't have the capacity to receive Jesus and the gospel and the world largely is becoming like that intolerant towards Jesus the lost seem to become an even bigger group how do we successfully reach them that's a great question Andre I think we're going to engage in mm. that next um, but oh I've, I've missed like a whole lot of comments I, I see there are just tons um, um, Penny writes in and says hi uh, Antonio uh, I've already read uh, Glenn Peter uh, engaging with uh, biblical resources Glenn uh, um, Ray Comfort he, he drops the link there um, Teresa has his uh, three questions as usual great to see those <laughs> um, but Glenn Williams says although there are many good evangelistic organizations and programs out there. The reality is God has already established the best program for local evangelism and that's the local church. Mm -hmm. He's placed his local churches within particular contexts to reach the culture or people within that context with the gospel of Jesus Christ through the people of the local church. Amen to that, Glenn. The church is God's plan A. Uh, Penny just notes that uh, Brendan isn't in the picture at all. I, we kind of crammed in here. Um, uh, suitable on video for two, Penny. Uh, we start struggling when we have three and four. Um, but maybe let's uh, switch to Andre's uh, question. 
the lost seem to become even a bigger group. How do we successfully reach them? And maybe bring in Glenn's very poignant comment, mm. and that is that the church is God's plan A for reaching the world. I don't know what, mm. who wants to talk to that first. Well, I, I, maybe I, I would just like to start by answering or having us starting to answer this question in maybe an unexpected way is what is not the gospel what is not evangelism mm. because that's also something i regularly encounter counter you see there are many christians out there they're doing good work they're yes. doing good work a good christian work it's motivated yes. by good hearts and, virtuous hearts and love but it's not the gospel it's what not do you the mean gospel. <laughs> for example just sharing soup and bread with with people in the poorer community that's not the gospel <laughs> it's the result of the gospel in your life <laughs> mm. but that's not the gospel just telling people god loves them that's true but that's not the gospel why does god love them how has god loved them answering those two questions that's the gospel so i think it's just important for us to have a clear understanding about that just being nice to people as a christian it's not the gospel. Mm. Yeah. Um, and so, uh, we, we I, I think it was and, uh, Andre Agassi. No, he was a, uh, tennis, a player. tennis player. <laughs> it was St. Francis of Assisi <laughs> yeah. who said, um, preach the gospel when necessary, use words. The, mm. the idea that you can preach the gospel just by living out your life or doing good things, mm. digging holes, uh, you know, digging wells yes. uh, in foreign lands or, or, or something like that. Um, but it's not actually true. Um, a better said is preach the gospel. It is necessary to use words. Yeah, <laughs> All the yeah. good works in the world need to result yes. in a clear gospel presentation of Christ's death, his resurrection, and a call to repent. That, that <laughs> statement is, is a good statement for how a Christian should live, right? We need to live out the gospel you know he said preach the gospel and if necessary use food but but think about that logically what if i would say the following hey guys let's go feed the hungry and if necessary let's use food <laughs> like it wouldn't make any that sense doesn't make sense That's i mean i'm actually mm. already hungry and this whole conversation <laughs> is making me more hungry so maybe not helpful right <laughs> now peter <laughs> yeah so the the gospel is words paul says how will they yeah. hear mm. if no one goes to to preach it and how will anyone go if no one is sent yes and so the gospel is a message now that message can take many uh, can come across in many mediums it yes. can be listened to over a uh, over an audio tape it can be listened to verbally when someone is speaking to you it can be read uh, the gospel is even shared in braille tracks for the blind yeah, sure. so the gospel can be translated in many different mediums it's the same message but it is the message that must be delivered yes that is how people are saved <coughs> mm. um Brennan, let, let me bring you in here. Yeah? Mm. Uh, now, this is on the fly. Questions come in hot and fast. Yeah. There's a great question here. Yeah? A person who has uh, uh, a difficult relationship uh, internally to their home, whether that be a mother or father or a child. Um, so there's a really, really difficult relationship. And that person is antagonistic to all things church, all things God, all things sure. Bible, uh, and, and won't suffer listening even to the gospel message some advice like where would you start helping a person like that um, know how to share their faith in that environment got any ideas you can also pass the rugby ball on yeah. um, <laughs> first of all keep on praying for that person um, oh I like that you can never um, pray enough for someone can, can, can we actually just just say actually pray for all men 
Um, and yeah. pray for all men in the context of salvation. That would be 2 Timothy, Two Timothy. Uh, yeah. verses 1 to 4. Mm. Uh, th- that's a great point. Friends, if you want to have a gospel ministry, it needs to be bathed in prayer. And that includes praying for your local church and the proclamation of the gospel uh, on Sundays. And join the prayer service before the service mm. that you pray that the lost might be saved. What a brilliant point. Mm. Carry on talking, young man. So, um, yeah, like I said, first of all, uh, keep on praying for them. And um, keep on loving them, mm. even if it's hard. Yes. Um, when when you feel this hostility toward the gospel, keep on loving them. Um, like I said, it's hard, yes. but even just just by by dropping small comments here and there, um, I think um, is is a good way of of keep on loving them, and it keeps keeps the the trust relationship between you and the family member um for instance um telling your mom um i love you so much thank you for for this you've done for us i remember that time when you helped me with this project up until late uh, i appreciate you for for that maybe um buy your buy your mom uh flowers yes um if your dad uh loves Strawberry um, milk, uh, like like a, a strawberry, steady strawberry steady stumpy or some sort. Buy him a <laughs> buy buy him a, a strawberry steady stumpy, yes. uh, just to show that you truly care for them. Well, l- let me just say what you're saying is thoroughly biblical. I've been sitting in the Sermon of the Mount, just uh, internalizing it and reading myself uh, to teach through it as one of the greatest chapters of the Bible in our in our Bible study on a Wednesday and Thursday night. And um, one of the things that Jesus says is love your enemies. Mm. Um, if Jesus commands you to love your enemies, how much more the people in your own yeah, household, uh, even if there is tension between you. Uh, and certainly part of that love, which is agape love, it's the kind of divine love, it's self-sacrificial love. Mm. Part of the reason why we express that love to the world is that we might demonstrate to them something of the love of Christ, which has been shed abroad in our own hearts. Um, Definitely more. How? How? Uh, any? Any? Any more advice? You know, one thing that that I'm always caught off guard by mm. is that um, when an unbeliever, especially a close friend or a relative, once I share the gospel with them, or maybe not even the whole gospel, just something about the Bible, you know, to to weave in gospel threads in the conversation. Mm. Um, Not gospel threats, gospel (laughs) threads. I just want to be very clear because there's some people I can imagine sitting at home taking notes and they and they're like wondering what is a gospel threat. Thank you, Mark. Well, maybe like difference. Sodom and Gomorrah, <laughs> yeah, you know, maybe. the angels made threats, gospel threats. Even Jonah, yes. you know, to uh, the great city of Nineveh, delivered uh. a gospel threat. So, are you on that trick, or are no, you on no, a different the, trick? The, the needle and threat. Oh, okay, gospel okay. needle I'm and with threat. Fred, yeah. Yeah. Okay, that's way better. Now, now I think I understand what you're saying. So, often when 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 I try and and share the, these gospel, you know, weaving, let me say it like that, in in my <laughs> yeah. conversations with yeah. people. I'm somehow always still surprised when an unbeliever acts like an unbeliever. Like, I know they're unsaved, but the moment they reject the gospel, I'm always like, you know, (laughs) how dare you reject the gospel? Don't you understand? Isn't this. Don't you understand the urgency? You don't have until tomorrow. Today is the day of salvation. Do not let it pass you by. (laughs) So, I think that's one big thing is always prepare yourself yeah, for always rejection. know that an unbeliever is going to act like an unbeliever yes. so that's why you need to pray in fact it's possible for them to be saved and yes. his car does a miraculous work yes. in their hearts 
taking a dead heart and making it living flesh. That's why we need the Holy Spirit. That's mm. why we like you. I so like that that's today. why you said in the beginning, we don't save people. Yeah. We're simply the, the the medium through which God works. Peter, I'm looking at the time. Can you believe it's already four minutes to ten? It is crazy how fast time goes on a I'm Friday. Sure. I, I want to say a couple of things. Um, number one is I want to give you some encouragement. Go and take a look at one Timothy chapter two. It's speaking specifically of Gune wives there um, or women there, and it talks about um, uh, the salvation through childbirth. Um, there's other po- portions of scripture. I'm thinking now of one Corinthians chapter six, where it says that the presence of a godly wife a god honoring wife sanctifies Mm. her family and i want to remind you that believers within the context of a home get to bring peace to that home get to bring love and joy and all of these very attractive virtues of christ likeness and then they get to look for opportunities to share their faith and point why they are filled with love joy peace patience kindness goodness gentleness faithfulness and self-control um the other thing is uh, i just want to point to a couple of uh, uh, comments from listeners we, we really are getting comments in thick and fast thanks guys need a couple of questions as well for the second part of the show but maybe penny says i cannot carry a stack of bibles around with me um but i can carry small books containing the gospel of john this is very true mm. and very inexpensive mm. um i give it's these good. out as often as i can praise the lord for you penny love listening to your comments uh, that was on facebook and then on Facebook as well, a friend of mine, Erica from Benoni, is listening in and says hi. And Erica says, um, HCF, that's Healthcare Christian Fellowship, has a very good evangelistic tool called Sayline. Um, she gives her contact details in the comments section of um, uh, of Facebook um, and her name is Erica Grunewald especially for healthcare staff now Healthcare Christian Fellowship works with doctors and with nurses to provide both training and resources sure, within wow. the healthcare field um, for those who are wanting to share their faith wow. those who are wanting to engage in compassionate care sure. and reflect something <laughs> of the person of Jesus Christ I would commend you to Erica she is a godly um, beautiful saint and works with a number of godly nursing staff uh, that will be able to provide you with information and so if you are a healthcare worker and you're listening in this morning go to google and google healthcare christian fellowship it will get you via the interwebs um to erica and you can engage and interact with her guys it pretty much is 10 o'clock. I'm going to tell listeners how they can get hold of us, how they can engage and interact with us, and then we're going to go to a song break. And so, listeners, let me remind you of the mechanisms for engagement. If you want to phone into the studio, which basically lets you jump the queue and go to the front of the line, the telephone number is 012-883-2090. If you want to drop a comment on Facebook, we see it in studio. That is Radio Pulpit, Radio Console. And if you would like to drop a WhatsApp or a Telegram voice note or message, you can do so on 082-657-2729. That's how to get hold of us. Um, After the break, we have some questions that are coming in from Teresa. Always looking forward to Teresa's questions. Let's see how many of them we can (laughs) answer. This week, we are presently going to be listening to um, uh, Bachelor Glamini uh, sing face to face. 
Well, friends, it is good to be with you for the second hour of the show, Bible Q&A, together with Mark and Peter and Brennan. We are talking primarily this morning about evangelism. Teresa, I said that we'd get to your questions up next. You had a great question about overseers and deacons um, and pastoral assistants. I want to ask answer that. Please do ask it next week. And then you had a tricky question about the gift of prophecy. I want to ask that. Please ask it next week. But you did have a question about evangelism. And that's what the track I think we're going to stay on for the next half an hour of the show. And so let me read Teresa's question. How do we balance being evangelistic if some of us are naturally shy people? Are they naturally shy Christians? Of course there's naturally Mm. shy Christians. Mm. It's a trait, right? It's a human trait. There's people that are outgoing and charismatic and there's people that are quieter and and more reserved. Um, Got any advice for them? Well, yeah, then maybe I'll start for us. Sure. So I think the the first thing to to understand is that the the personality traits we have is is good. Yes, yeah, God given. Yes, it's God given. Nice. If you're a naturally shy person, it's you can utilize that. You can use that. Mm. Uh, you don't have to feel a sh- any shame for that. And it's because guess what? There's other shy people out there that Correct. need a shy. Pe- they don't need a mark <laughs> like bashing down their door with the Bible and you know mm. like engaging in in a forthright and confrontational way. They, they need somebody. Yeah, they need somebody soft and quiet and joyful. Definitely. So <laughs> definitely, I, I, those are things we we must celebrate and we must utilize them. Yes. I. Feel I think what happens very often is especially from the the perspective of someone tending to be more a more shy type of person is that that sort of becomes an excuse it mm. becomes an excuse not to engage not to share the gospel and again not standing on a street corner on a box shouting to people mm-hmm. but maybe just in your engagements your whether it be your work colleagues your friends or your family uh in in whatever capacity god has uh, given you the ability to share the gospel uh, that that is that is what we are all called to do now you know again a lot of people would say something like but it's just not the type of person i am well that's sort of like the a different way of saying i was born this way mm. well that's true but didn't jesus say we must be born again didn't jesus promise that he will give us the holy spirit to empower us uh, ultimately if you are someone who is shy and you struggle to to just engage with people out of shyness, not out of shame for the gospel, just you struggle to engage with people. That's why we need to tr- pray, trust the empowerment of the Holy Spirit. And it's part of what Jesus meant when he said that we must die daily to ourselves. Mm, mm, we sure. have to die daily. It's part of putting down what you, your own comfort, putting to death your own comfort, your your love for yourself, and then obeying Christ in that Mm. I was listening to a podcast this morning on the way to the office I I, I try and listen to podcasts it's like a 25 minute commute most podcasts you can like Al Mola you can listen to in Mm. 25 minutes on the way to the office and then I can listen to something on the way home this morning uh, a speaker was talking about Christ redeeming the characteristics of our lives sure and so you know if you are a generous person how god redeems that after salvation um and uses that to the extension of his kingdom how if you are a charismatic person you're like very bold and then after conversion that boldness is redeemed and used in a way which is god glorifying the same would would be true of all of our character traits how how god can redeem these things there's a there's a comment there's a there's a comment and a question uh, the comment comes from a leader 
um, a leader identifies as a missionary and I found that um, and learned that people are looking at the state of the world and politics are always part of their conversation I do listen to them letting them speak out then I'll say that these worldly conditions are because of God's absence in their lives God's kingdom is the absolute opposite and explaining the truth uh, usually their arguments disappear I, I like that a little mm. you, you say two things that I think we've already raised the one is listen carefully um, you know as we go out with the message the proclamation of the gospel um, make sure that there is a dialogue in fact in much of the words that are used of Jesus teaching in the synagogues as well as Paul as he went from city to city um, m- much of the the wording includes the idea of dialogue engaging questions and answers understanding truly where people are coming from and so I love what you have picked up on the um, a leader listening to people and then secondly using the circumstances that we find ourselves in friends South Africa isn't in a great place I mean let's just be honest it's not in a great place people are speaking about this around briars and around dinner tables all over our country almost Mm. every single day but what a wonderful opportunity to speak about the fall the reality that this world is a darkened place and things aren't going to get better things are going to get progressively worse until they get terrible before Jesus Christ comes again and what an opportunity that opens up either looking at the darkness of this world and our need for light our need for truth our need for Christ alternatively looking at Jesus Christ coming again to be the righteous judge and being ready for that moment um, uh, uh, that ultimate day of salvation Um, so Alida thank you so much for that engagement and that interaction here comes a question and uh Brendan, I'm going to throw you under the bus and ask you to answer first. Okay. Um, but I'm going to be, I'm, I'm interested to hear where you come from. Morning, Mark. I have a question. In our church, we have what we call an altar call. And that's basically when the pastor stands in the front of the church and he will ask people to pray the sinner's prayer and then ask him to put up their hands if they are in agreement. And then we leave them all together as soon as um, uh, prem, we call it an altar call. Is it wrong to call it that? Come on, what, 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 what's your views on, on altar call? Yeah, so, so I've been in a church before where they did an altar call. Yes. Um, so, so my views on the altar call changed through, um, as I, um, throughout, the, throughout the years. Um, the, the, the danger, I think, sometimes when it comes to, to an altar call is that people think, okay, I prayed a prayer mm. and now I'm saved. Your faith is in your faith. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, so whenever there's a, a doubting of, am I really a Christian? Yeah. Uh, the pastor would say, but, but you pray the prayer, right? So um, he would point to the to the day or the moment mm. they pray the prayer. Were you sincere? Yes, I was sincere. No, then you're a Christian. Yes. Um, there's no examination. Exactly. Yeah. Where, whereas, a true Christian, is someone who repents of their sins. And puts their faith not in their faith, not in the fact that they prayed a prayer, mm. but rather in the fact that they trust in Jesus. Okay. Uh, because someone can can pray the prayer and they believe, yeah, well, that's all that's needed. Um, but afterwards, they keep on living the way they they uh, live their lives. Uh, and I remember that was that was the case with me when when I was uh, twelve years old. Mm. Um, I came to it was I think the, my first big church service yeah uh, there was a new church in the area and 
they came to to the primary school and was like yes we have youth on on friday come and join us i was like yeah i'm pumped for this uh, i'm gonna join and so i remember that i prayed the sinner's prayer that night and afterwards for the next five months i prayed the sinner's prayer for every every friday when i when <laughs> yes. i went because i didn't understand what it uh the the true meaning of or, or what what the what, what was supposed to happen mm, mm. and i even cried mm. there was even tears so, so so moved to remorse yes but not actually moved to repentance or to understand casting yourself upon the person of jesus Mm-mm. christ and therefore no assurance of salvation absolutely yeah and um so so there was tears Yes, and I thought, oh well, I'm fine because I prayed the prayer, and there was even some form of of crying involved, and mm. so yeah, I'm safe. But there was no change in my life at all. Mm. I kept on doing the th- doing the the things I did, and by the Lord's uh, mercy, through His grace, uh, I got saved in 2019. So, if I've understood Brendan correctly. Uh, he says, no, altar calls aren't valid, and he gives a, a reason. Peter, do you take a different position? Um, yeah, I mean, I mean, I think there's a place where altar calls can be useful, yes, can be good. Uh, okay. But I, but mm. I think... I think overall yes. they have been abused, and yes. I think the lights go down, yes. mm. the the music, the, the strings music on the on the trumpet, yeah. uh, yes. on the trumpet, on the on the on the piano, piano yes. the clavinova goes in. The 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 the, the preacher says, "Everyone, bow your head, stick up your hand." Um, I see that hand. I see that hand. I see that hand. Okay, lights on. Well, if you Jesus says, "If you acknowledge me before man, I'll acknowledge you before my Father," and if you don't, I won't. Yeah. <laughs> so now come forward, and then Precisely. people the. Like all of that emotional pressure mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. yeah if if you false conversions yes if you draw people into the faith through through emotional experience mm. instead of through their tr- put having them like pointing them to put their trust in Christ if you draw them to come to a false conclusion that they are, are believing because they had some emotional experience tomorrow that experience is going to be gone yeah what the mm. Nas says I agree. We cannot just do an altar call and leave it there. After that, discipleship has to start. Great, great point, Nelson. And I absolutely would agree with that. Uh, let me play. Um, I'm not going to play devil's advocate. Let, let me put uh, clearly where I am on this. I think that there's two dangers. There's two extremes. On the one side, an emotionalism, uh, which mm. generates um, uh, false conversions, um, which must be avoided at all costs because you're offering a person salvation and then giving them assurance based on what if not based on salvation and based on Christ you're going to sit with massive problems later on Uh, but the other extreme is a gospel presentation which lacks an explicit call to place one faith and trust in Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. I really do believe that on Sundays we ought to present the gospel that Jesus died mm. and that Jesus rose and that all men must repent for the forgiveness of sins and maybe even explicitly say now is that moment of your salvation. Do not let it pass you by. Cast yourself on the person of Jesus Christ and you shall live. And I think it's even appropriate to give space for people to to do that um, I think of the previous church that I was in uh, we would often say um, if the Lord has worked in your heart 
um, uh, over the course of the preaching of the gospel or in the service, you know, please come come forward after the service. There will be someone available to mm. pray with you, or make an appointment and come and visit me. I would like to engage and interact with mm. you around the topic of the Bible. I know Spurgeon, who never did uh, altar calls, possibly the greatest preacher, certainly of his time, um, but maybe even extended past that. He would make Mondays available so that people could swing past his office on a Monday in order to talk about faith, which they had encountered and experienced on Sunday. Um, And and Monday was the day that he would engage. I do like uh, a number of comments coming in. Jean says, discipleship is needed, praise the Lord. Uh, Glenn says uh, that there's a time and a place for altar calls, but the primary call is to uh, preach sin and Christ to sinners. As Spurgeon says, no sinner looks to the Savior with a dry eye or a hard heart. Amen. Aim, therefore, at heartbreaking, at bringing home condemnation to the conscience and weaning the mind from sin. Be not content till the whole mind is deeply and vitally changed in reference to sin. Um, Janice says, uh, do you know uh, of Bucky Petzer? um, And he was at Cartonville Baptist Church. No, Janice, I I, I don't. Um, But she does ask the question, what is evil? uh, That's my biblical question for today. And that's from Janice in Cartonville. Maybe kind of as we come Toward the end of our Bible Q&A, uh, ask the question, what is evil? Well, that's a great question, and unfortunately it's a question we, go, we, we need more than 10 minutes if we want to really do justice to it. But in short, if I were to summarize what is evil, I would say evil is everything that is not like the character or attributes of God. Hmm. For example, why is lying a sin? Did, did God just one day decide, you know... I'm going to say thou shall not lie. Thou shall not, you know, bear false witness. That's just a thing now. <laughs> no. The reason lying is a sin is because God is a God of truth. Why mm. Why does God despise covetousness, coveting your, your neighbor's things, murder, harming, harming those who are made in God's image? Why does God despise that? Because God is a God of love. He's a God of life. He's a God of giving. He's a God of goodness. So, Everything that is that is not like the character of God is is evil, is, is sin. Mm. Uh, God didn't just decide, well, yeah, these these ten things I'm going to give you. Let, let's see how you do. No, it's a reflection of who he is. Now, obviously, there's a close relationship between evil and sin, and so you're right to pick up on that. But I think the good thing about your definition, that anything that isn't reflective of the goodness of God is it actually widens the scope beyond just the moral dimension mm. of of evil so as it relates to sin and extends to other forms of evil that we experience living in a fallen world calamity mm. I mean I remember I can't remember the year exactly but I do remember one boxing day um, walking through to a TV because uh, I wanted to watch the Boxing Day test and I turned the TV on and uh, images of the tsunami uh, mm. were on sure. the on sure. the screen. Uh, we know that in that tsunami about a quarter of a million people died um, uh, in the ravage of that. It was just, it was, it was evil. We live mm. in a fallen world and sometimes we experience evil and it goes beyond just the moral That's dynamic. But, but it's anything which isn't reflective of the goodness of God. Anything that you want to add to that, Brendan? I think Peter nailed nailed the um, the. Oh, 
my English this morning. Uh, no, P- Peter covered everything, so yeah, okay. I don't have any, any further comments. Yeah. Okay. Um, Penny, just going back to altar calls, says perhaps it would be valid if the preacher would unemotionally explain the truth of the gospel, i.e. that repentance uh, versus just saying sorry, and also explain that the evidence will be fruit, uh, would be fruit. And uh, Penny, uh, on the one hand, you, you're 100% right. I think preachers need to do a good job of fully explaining the implications of the death of Christ, the implications of the resurrection of Christ, the implications of repentance, the definition of repentance um, uh, and even maybe explicitly explaining how to repent what repentance actually looks like however let me say that the preaching of the gospel needn't be an unemotional affair because the, the, the danger is when you take emotion out of everything that happens on a Sunday because you're scared of emotion you are left with something other than what is biblical mm. um, God wants us to be emotionally appropriate toward him uh, I'm thinking of the Beatitudes we, we spoke about Matthew chapter 4 verse 23 earlier if you go forward to Matthew chapter 5 verse 12 uh, the Beatitudes the commands there the, 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 the imperatives there are that we are to rejoice and be glad Jesus wants us <laughs> to rejoice and be glad um, God wants us to be full-bodied in response to him everything of the image of God reflected back to God and some of the way that he has built us is with emotions and so we do want even the preaching of God's word should have an element of emotion and how can you speak (laughs) about these great topics like Jesus and his Mm. death for sinners and sinners need for Christ without your heart being rent in two how can you even pray for these things on a Sunday morning before the mm. service with, with a dry eye yeah. I certainly struggle and so uh, the danger is to say okay well then um, if we're going to present the gospel let's be completely unemotional I don't think that that's the answer I think mm. uh, le- let's make sure that as we use emotion we're balanced in this in ways which are appropriate to the proclamation of the gospel and to the call of men and women to repentance yeah um we must follow jesus christ in his example jesus didn't call people to the altar uh, rhino says it was a personal interaction like the woman at the well god bless you guys thanks for that rhino and um certainly uh, i don't see altar calls like we see it in the modern dynamic um at plain scripture except i think it's fair to say that there always was an element of actual calling Mm. men and women sometimes in crowds to faith and trust in Jesus Christ I think of the day of Pentecost Acts chapter 2 where 3,000 people were added to their number and those who believed were baptized there clearly was some mechanism for people to express even visibly um, what had happened in their heart Um, I think of other places in scripture whether it be the preaching of uh, the gospel to Cornelius and those that were gathered in his house in Acts chapter 10 or the preaching to the 12 disciples did I say 12? yes Yes, the 12 disciples of John in Acts chapter 19 Um, or even the preaching of the gospel in Ephesians uh, in Ephesus at the end of Acts chapter 19 as the people responded um, to the great works that Paul was doing but there was some kind of visual response in all of those ways and so we do need to be sensitive that different Christians will interpret those events differently I'm sensitive to that Mm. Uh, I want to recognize that but I also want to recognize some of the dangers of 
altar calls as we see it, wrote altar calls as we see it, and repeat customers, <laughs> as Brennan described it, that we see in modern-day evangelism much of what I think is um, is wrong. Oh, shame. Uh, Penny says, badly put on my heart, uh, badly put on my part, perhaps. I, I meant that the preacher should not play on the emotions of his audience. Yes, Penny, we absolutely agree with you. And, uh, and so, sorry if I, if I, if I hopped on a part of your, um, of your statement that you weren't intending the emphasis to be put on, uh, in order to make a point. I apologize from my side as well. <laughs> um, really do enjoy your engagements and interactions. Penny. Let's bring this uh, section on evangelism to a close. Maybe final words from Peter, uh, final words from you, Brandon. When you think of evangelism uh, as you wanting to inspire people to evangelize with uh, family, with friends, with people that they come into contact with, what parting words might you give them, Peter? Just be faithful. Mm. Share the gospel. Pray for them. Trust that God saves. Mm, and God does say, praise the Lord, I like it. It was short and sweet and to the point. I was expecting you to go on for a little bit longer. Brennan, <laughs> you can, so you can, you can use yeah, you can use up the speaker's time. Um, yeah, so so any advice I would give is you have to start somewhere. Um, I like if, it. If, you are, if you are scared, you have to start somewhere. And, yes. and if you don't know how, if you want any advice, go to an elder in the church. Uh, speak with someone you, you trust who have done this. Uh, in in the past before um to to get all the tools you need all the advice you need to be able to be as peter said to be faithful in sharing the gospel jesus sent out his apostles with a great commission yes. we need to go out as well yes. and we need to to preach the gospel the gospel is the means by which god saves people ah, i love the it the gospel is the power of god unto salvation i I love the idea of reaching out to those who have gone before. We know in mm. Titus chapter 2, older men are to teach younger women. Uh, older okay. men are to teach younger. <laughs> <laughs> older men are to teach the younger men. Older women teach the younger women. Um, within the context of the local church, there should be these mechanisms for discipleship. And if you're struggling with evangelism, there ought to be somebody in the church that you can speak to. Mm. Um, you know... I, Glenn made the point earlier that all the programs in the world can't beat God's plan A, which is the church. Um, mm -hmm. But but if your church is struggling in the area of evangelism and you are someone who's evangelistically minded, um, maybe do approach your pastor, mm -hmm. your elders, uh, and ask if a, if a program can't be introduced. There are some fantastic mechanisms that can help disciples share their faith. Uh, I do think of Way of the Master. We spoke about that earlier. Um, at Central Baptist Church, we do Evangelism Explosion, EE3. That is Evangelism yes. Explosion. Eh? Yeah, EE3. Um, we've got a, a very large team that goes out um, regularly and engages with people that have both visited the church, but also sometimes does door-to-door -door and pamphlet mm. drops and all kinds of things. A great mechanism. Um, it might be that you have an evangelist like a, a bona fide evangelist somebody who's gifted in the area of evangelism um, within your local church we, we had an evangelist visit our um, Bible study on sure. Wednesday evening That's Somerset cool. Morkel you might know oh, yes. him wow. so Somerset we engage on on Facebook uh, yeah, uh, for many many years so he was, and he, and he so bought cool. and he bought like a whole group of people that he's been wow. interacting with around uh, the uh, around Central That's and he amazing. brought them to a Bible study sure. on Wednesday um, you might have an evangelist within your local church can I encourage you to befriend them and uh, interact with them and um, and learn from them 
um, put yourself in the way of discipleship that God might be glorified in and through your life. Mm. Um, a, a number of comments coming in. Uh, I, I'm, I'm not going to go through all of them, um, but maybe to uh, ask Chrissy uh, if we've got uh, uh, our Zoom up and running um, and engaging. Do we have our Zoom, our next Zoom caller? Uh, on the line we're going to check that shortly yeah he's on standby for us uh, on standby for us okay great stuff so we we shortly going to bring in a friend uh, from a local church to have a conversation about about what's happening at the local church uh, it's a new kind of insert at the end of the show uh, we really are trying to interact with uh, with uh, churches all over South Africa get some idea of how things are going and uh, this morning we interacting with Karabu yes Karabu cool hey Karabu you you there with us Hi, hi, how are you? Hey, man, it's so good to hear from you. How have you been, man? It feels like Karabu is like one of these men that I only see him like in, in flashpoints in my life. Like I had the privilege of just getting to know him when I entered seminary and he left seminary. Yeah. I know. Another, I'm like so outnumbered, yeah. This is like the third Christ seminary guy on today. I'm like completely outnumbered. And so um, I've, I've had the privilege, like I'll, I'll, I'll see him at the conference there. And so I, and I follow him on Facebook and I'm always so encouraged by his ministry. And um, sure. there's this running joke, I think, along with, with Christ seminary students, you know, where, where we just call each other bishop or, or something like that. So when, when I saw you, I wanted to say, hey, Bishop Karabu. But I was like, oh, maybe people, you know, people won't understand. <laughs> maybe conference. maybe just to say that the <laughs> prevailing theological thought is that uh, bishop, uh, shepherd, uh, or pastor together with elder are all interchangeable words. Yes. So mm. hi there, Bishop Karabu. <laughs> it is so good to have you uh, with us today. Good good to see you. Hi, Mark. Uh, thank you for having me, guys. Well, look, it's good to be here. I, I, maybe introduce yourself, and after you've introduced yourself, uh, I. I've actually interacted with you a couple of times this week, although I haven't spoken to you face to face. But you were up here in Midrand Chapel uh, at, with uh, yeah. friends of mine, engaging with uh, Jeff uh, Gage from Word Partners. And I don't know if you had the opportunity to speak to another friend of mine who's from your neck of the woods, Alistair Kemba. Um, but uh, but I'm hoping that the two of you have opened up a dialogue. But uh, maybe for the sake of our listeners, uh, engage and, and interact. Yes, Samuel. So please just just start by introducing yourself who you are and if you don't mind just flowing from that just introducing your 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 local church your name and where you're located yeah yeah thanks uh yeah so my name is Karabo Samuel Msiza uh and yeah uh, Peter called me Samuel there <laughs> um I'm, I'm married uh to Ken Sanim Caesar, and we have a son a three-year-old son and we're expecting another son about uh, around june uh, so we're excited we thankful to god for that um i'm the pastor teacher of central baptist church in rustenbeck <clears throat> so central baptist church uh, is um as you can hear with the name is located in the central city of of rustenbeck uh just when you're getting into rustenbeck nelson mandela's uh drive yes um next to the big absa you'll see a, a building there. It's a former, uh, we, we, we're using property that belonged to a Jewish community. It's a former synagogue. Uh, we're using it. Thankfully, uh, it's now a, a place that fully belongs to us now. Wow. 
That's thankfully. Awesome. <laughs> um, we uh, are there, so we meet at 9.30 every Sunday. Uh, we are a church that is uh, that sees the Word of God as central. Uh, so when you come to church, you will what you will find, uh, you will find uh, a couple of ordinary people um, who will be welcoming to you, uh, loving people, uh, singing uh, their hearts out to the Lord, and uh, the the scriptures being opened every Sunday. We open the Bible. Um, explain the scriptures, apply uh, the Bible. So that's that's what you'll find. I love that. I love that, Karabu. Can can you maybe just tell me how long have you been there? It's been a while now, right? It's been a while. This will be my sixth year, actually. Wow, mm. that that's amazing, man. Mm. I'm I'm so thankful just for your ministry that side. I'm also, you know, just maybe a quick plug is uh, you you guys started a podcast now, right? You, I think you're on your second episode. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we, we started a podcast. Uh, we have, uh, it's called In His Name podcast. We've done two episodes. Uh, the third is actually uh, will be released soon as well. I'm excited. Yeah. yeah I, I think oh, I'll... come on now. What, what were the first two episodes about? <laughs> well, <laughs> the first was uh, on the importance of the Word of God. Okay. Um, so we interacted on why the Word of God is important. And the second was on what is the gospel. And I think that was important because the word gospel is is used a lot, mm. um, but hardly understood. Right? Come, come now, Karabo. Um, so, what what is the gospel? Uh, listeners want to know. I want to know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The the gospel is good news. Um, it is good news that um, God has um, you know intervened um, to to deal with our sin problem because. Um, it is good news, but then we ask ourselves, what is the bad news, right? Uh, the bad news is that we are sinners. Uh, we are unable to do anything to repair ourselves. We, we cannot repair ourselves. And so because we cannot repair ourselves, then we've sinned against the Holy God, right? And so uh, God is just to judge us, to uh, throw his wrath upon us. And in his loving care, though, he intervenes and he provides the, the the solution, which is Jesus Christ. So Jesus Christ comes into the world. He obeys the Father fully. Uh, he completely and perfectly obeys uh, the Father. And on the other hand, he uh, takes our sins upon himself on the cross. As, as Paul says, that he made him, God made him who knew no sin to be sin on our behalf, so that we may be the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. So it is it is based on the complete and finished work of Christ on the cross and that we look at God and say, um, I cannot do enough to be accepted by you. And Jesus Christ has done enough. Um, and, and, and based on that, I place my faith fully in him. Mm -hmm. uh, this is how I, I usually think about faith. Um, I, I think about it as an acronym, F-A-I-T-H, right? Yeah. Forsaking all. I trust him uh, in, the, in that sense. So we look to him, forsake, at, uh, you know, trying to do it by ourselves and look at the full, complete work of Christ in his death, burial and resurrection and saying, this is enough for me to be reconciled and have a relationship with, with God. Karabu, thank you. Matt. I, I love the gospel and praise God for that. Mm. So you mentioned that every Sunday, if, if 
if someone were to attend your church and those who attend your church that every Sunday the word of God is opened would you mind just maybe telling us how how does a Sunday morning look at your church and also maybe once you've finished answering that during the week do you have any activities do you have any 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 gatherings with the saints yeah um, maybe I should start with with, with that uh, the, the last question hmm. we meet on Sunday 9.30 and we meet again um, on Thursdays for, for Bible study this is uh, but it's not at the church premises. It's at 173 Kirk Street in, in Rustenburg. Mm. Uh, there are offices that we are using there uh, so that we, 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 we can gather there for Bible study. So if you want to join us, please do join us. Uh, 173 Kirk Street in Rustenburg. Uh, we have a youth service on Fridays, Friday evenings at, at 6.30. So please do join the youth. If, if you're young and listening, um, uh, make sure to join the youth. Mm. And um, a Sunday morning. So you, you say you open the Word of God. So I is, I'm, I'm going to use a term now, and I would love for you to maybe just explain to us, give us your definition. I assume that, yeah. that, you, that you do expository preaching, right? Yeah. And yeah. then, then yeah. What, what we, is that? We are, what? Uh, how would you define expository preaching, and, 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 and what are you currently preaching through? Yeah, expository preaching is where uh, the 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 preacher is wanting to communicate the intent of the author, right? Um, in other words, it, it is when the sermon, uh, when the point of the sermon is the point of the Bible. So you're not coming up with your own ideas. You're not trying to be creative. You go into the Bible. And you're asking the question, what is this text about? Um, you know, what is it uh, communicating and how do I communicate it to uh, God's people and apply it in a way it was intended to be applied and communicated? Mm, thank you. And, and, and what are you currently preaching through at your church? We have been going for some time now, for a couple of months, in the gospel according to Mark. Um, we just finished chapter 14 uh, the, the previous week, previous Sunday. And um, yeah, it's been, I think it's been, it's been a great uh, series that we have been working on. It's, it's amazing to see what Mark is doing in, in this gospel. Um, because he, when, when he starts, uh, you know, this gospel account, he tells us about the, the beginning of the gospel of Jesus Christ, the Son of God. So you can already tell that he has this idea in mind that um, he wants us to see who Jesus truly is, that Jesus is the Son of God. And, and we know that that term, Son of God, really refers to Jesus Christ being uh, truly God and truly man, all right? Mm. And so he, he shows us in, 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 in his gospel account in various ways. Uh, we, we, we see it with the Father, um, you know, See, looking at the son and saying, "You are my beloved son. Where well, with you I am well pleased." We see it with the demons. Um, when the demons encounter Jesus, they confess him to be the Son of God. Wow! But something that is interesting, and I think what Mark is doing, he's, he's showing us how blind the disciples, the Pharisees, uh, are to this reality of of Jesus being the Son of God. At the heart of the gospel, obviously, is uh, chapter 8, 
where um, Peter confesses Jesus Christ to be the Son of God. Um, Mark shows us in different ways that Jesus Christ is the Son of God in his authority over nature, authority over disease, authority um, over demons, and so on. Uh, but as he continues to unfold this story, uh, we see it the, the, the climax of the story really uh, being that the, the centurion at the crucifixion, um, uh, you know, brings us to this confession of who Jesus is. As he is observing this crucifixion, he he says, "Truly, this is the Son of God." You know, and so so I think that that is what Mark is doing. Mark wants us to open our eyes and to behold Jesus Christ for who He truly is. Thank you, Karabu. That that's amazing. I I shared your your website link um, in the in the show notes. So anyone who maybe wants to go and listen to that sermon series, <clears throat> I saw that you you have it on your website. Um, and so I highly yes, recommend that. Yeah. Uh, so so another question, Karabu, is. Where is God at work in your community? And, and when I say community, I, I, I'm meaning two things at once. Your, your larger community and your, your church, your local church. Where is God working? Would you mind sharing with us uh, you know, just, just how you see the Lord busy working out His will? Yeah, maybe I should start with, um, you know, it's, it's something that we're praising the Lord about. I, I just mentioned that we just purchased the property that we've been renting. Mm. Uh, so, mm. you know, praise the Lord praise for God. that. Uh, we have a permanent home, you know, mm. that, that defines stability for us. Mm. And, um, yeah, we, when we when we were uh, in the COVID, you know, um, season of, of, of the church, uh, COVID, COVID period, we didn't know where we would be going, but God provided uh, through the generous support of, of Heart Cry, um, you know, money to to purchase the property, we are thankful for that. And and with that, what we are also celebrating is celebrating um, response from people, transformation. Uh, we are seeing a lot of young people coming in um, and committing to the local church. We have a couple of classes, membership classes that keep um, going on. You know. Um, we just baptized five people last week on Sunday. Wow. Uh, praise so God the Lord. is really at work in, in that way. And I should say, again, one of the challenges really is uh, we are finding it hard to, you know, get into different spaces, especially for evangelism, like mm. schools, um, you know, um, uh, prisons and, and, and uh, local police stations. Um, you know, uh, we've had a considerable pushback uh, from from those spaces, uh, but there's a possibility of a, a nearby school opening doors for us for evangelism. So please do pray for that. Yeah, definitely. Uh, we would we would like to to see that happen. Hey man, just the idea of you guys getting into school that that's wonderful. I I I, I know yeah. that even in my own ministry. Um, that created so many doors. Uh, in fact, Christ Seminary grad, Menzi Mohale, um, the reality is Gideon and I, Gideon and Penny, another Christ Seminary grad, but we worked yeah. together at uh, Crystal Park for many years. And yeah. one of the schools that became available to us was uh, Crystal Park High School. 
and we went in there and Crystal Park High School was a bit difficult uh, for us it was a it was a it was a, a very unique evangelistic opportunity and um, over the years we didn't see much fruit from Crystal Park High School except for this a young man named Menzi came to faith later got baptized wow, later sure. went to Christ seminary and <laughs> later went into ministry and what a what a godly man he is and just uh, yeah, school ministry sometimes God can open up massive doors you can see you know lots of fruit other times uh, less fruit but don't underestimate what God can do through faithful yeah, expository yeah, preaching Hey, Karab, I've got a question just uh, because we, we mentioned it earlier, Jeff Gage and Word Partners. Um, you attended a uh, a course this past week uh, on expository yeah. preaching um, and Word Partners in specific. How, how did that go? Um, and anybody that might be interested in expository preaching, which is making the main point of a passage of scripture, the main point of a sermon, and then applying it into the hearts of the listeners on any given Sunday. Um, how can people go about finding out more information about that kind of course in the Rustenburg area? Yeah, um, we had a, a two-day intensive, uh, a Deep and Discover intensive, where we were looking at uh, principles of uh, reading and, and, and interpreting the Bible. Mm. So, um, you know, how do you approach the Bible um, in terms of uh, context, you know, studying context, studying the main idea of the passage, looking at different units that a passage has and uh, those kind of things. Um, so with, with um, in Rustenbeck, we are open to providing that kind of training to different local churches. Um, so we've been doing that. We've done that for us, a church in Mafikeng. Uh, we've done that for some of the, the local churches that opened their doors for us. So um, interestingly, Mark, uh, there's a church uh, right next to Central Baptist Church in Pretoria there. It's, it's called Holiness Union. Okay. I've been, I've been for now two years doing expository uh, teaching, pre uh, preaching, uh, training there. What? Uh, That's with, so with cool. That local church. Um, and, and it's just been incredible to see the response, mm. you know, and, and the hunger actually yes. for, 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 for them. Maybe, maybe you know, just so to say, guys, and um, I'm sorry I didn't actually announce it earlier um, in the month, um, but we're, we're really coming close to shutting down registrations. But we're running a Cholsimian Trust workshop at Central Baptist Church yeah. from the 14th to the 16th of March. Very similar to the workshop that you went on, a Word Partners yeah. and Simeon Trust are cousins in terms of uh, how they engage and interact with one another and the principles that they try and convey, uh, maybe different mechanisms of conveying it. Um, but uh, uh, so we're going to be running a Simeon Trust workshop from the 14th to the 16th of March. There aren't very many seats left. Originally, we had just opened it to 36 um, delegates and we've had to extend that to 45 delegates. Wow. There are still though one or two seats that are left and I would encourage if, <laughs> if you're interested, if you're in the Pretoria area and you're interested in expository preaching, we've actually got some, some churches from Rustenburg which are driving through um, uh, I think Vantage Point uh, Church in, in, yep. in Rustenburg uh, is driving through um, if you're interested in expository preaching, would you not reach out to me, Mark Penrith? You can find my digits on Facebook. You can look for Central Baptist Church and 
call in or write into the office and they will put you in touch with me. Um, there are still one or two opportunities for those who would like to either sharpen their skills in expository preaching. It is really aimed at senior pastors, maybe to, to, to put that out there as well. It's aimed at senior pastors or at those who are regularly preaching or intend on regularly preaching soon. So uh, graduates or uh, those who are in seminary presently. Um, and it is a wonderful opportunity to do some preseason training um, for the pulpit uh, together with other pastors who are pursuing um, God's word, pursuing expository preaching. Karabo, um, you will be in our prayers. In fact, you are in our prayers. Uh, we know you well um, through, I know you well through Soda Five Ties uh, over the years, but um, uh, know you well also through a number of mutual friends. You will be in our prayers. I'm glad to hear that things are going well um, in Rustenburg. Praise the Lord for his grace toward you guys. And so glad to hear of uh, of the new premises. W- wonderful mm. work through the partners at HeartCry. Uh, HeartCry, maybe just to say, often attached or connected to the work of evangelist Paul Washer and in South Africa run ably out of Brackenhurst Baptist Church, which is a partnering church with them. Um, so praise the Lord for the work that they're doing all over South Africa. Yeah. Thank you so much, Mark, and thank you, uh, Peter, as well, your your listeners as well, for welcoming me. Mm. Great seeing you again, Karabu. We're praying for you, just know that. And uh, yeah, keep on rolling out the podcast episodes. Uh, (laughs) I'm driving around a lot, and there's not a lot you're you're giving me to listen to. So, (laughs) Every every blessing, Bishop. Enjoy the rest of your day. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you, Bishop. (laughs) (laughs) Well, guys, um, yeah, uh, lovely chat. A Mm. great engagement on Friday. Lovely to meet you, Brennan. Mm. Thanks so much for coming in. Lovely Mm. to interact with you. Um, Next week, Friday, Peter, I'm guessing that your intention will be to do everything that you didn't get around to doing today because I got in the way of the conversation. <laughs> I know that you intended to speak about church history. I'm yeah, sorry that no, we didn't have good. time for that segment, but um, like the listener questions kind important. of ran away with us. Mm. Um, but in terms of church history, who are you hoping at looking at next week? Well, it's a, it's, it's, it's a person who I see as a primer for the Reformation. We all, when we think of the Reformation, we think of... Hass. Um, almost, but later on. Uh, okay. Yeah, okay. It's a, he and, he, him and Luther were contemporaries. Ah, but okay. He, he often doesn't get a lot of credit for the work he did to jumpstart the Reformation. Okay. Yeah. So. Okay. Are we talking about a a scribe? Uh, yeah, scholar. That put together a Textus Receptus. That's correct. <laughs> <laughs> I can't wait for you guys to ask very complex questions around King James and around other oh, translations of the go. Bible no, based on <laughs> Greek manuscripts. Guys, get out your pencils, write it down. Next week, all your questions around Greek manuscripts. I think you're going to be looking at Erasmus. That's good. Uh, Bonus if points if you know his first name. Um Let's go with Jacob. No. <laughs> no. Desiderius. Really? Desiderius Erasmus? Desiderius. I'm, Never know, heard of his first name. I don't know if that's, that's the so correct Latin pronunciation, yeah. but you, you read it as yeah, Desiderius. Yeah, the, em- the emphasis needs to be on the us. Yeah, Desiderius. Probably. Yeah, no, probably. Okay, I'm Erasmus. I don't say. Yeah, yeah. Uh, um, are you doing Greek in, uh, in first year? Uh, I, Lu- I believe oh, next Lu- semester. Next Lu- semester. I believe <laughs> okay. next semester, yeah. Okay, great stuff. Have fun. Um, yeah, wonderful um, endings mm. <laughs> of noun endings and verb endings and uh, practice, practice, practice. Mm. Um, great stuff. So next week, uh, looking at uh, 
um, some time in church history, spending some time speaking to our friends at uh, 4SA, mm. engaging with another local church, and interacting together with Brandon. Mm. Excellent. Mm. Did I say Brandon? Brandon. It's supposed to be Brandon. Yeah. You know, I kind of picked up my fault afterwards and thought <laughs> I'd just correct myself very verbally on, on no, air. Fine, fine. Um, uh, and then, uh, yeah, continuing the conversation in terms of listeners. Friends, if, if you would like to engage with the show, like you would like to get your questions in early, um, can I encourage you to um, interact either on Facebook with uh, Pastor Mark Penrith. That's a Facebook page. If you drop messages to Pastor Mark Penrith, I'll get that. We'll try and bring those into the show. Um, alternatively, look for Peter Smith on Facebook and send your questions into him. Um, either one of those two places, we can start to even jump start questions for next week and give um, folk that are speaking um, a little bit of time to think through things. We are now going to go to a song break followed by the news um, and even as I sign out and as you listen to 3C Live singing Redemption Song, um, even as I sign out, can I encourage you to in the week ahead um, walk wisely Live holy and testify zealously to the praise and glory of God. <laughs> 